morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes as per usual. We've got our evening with medium events coming up in 2019. Our dates are for April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. Tickets are already on sale on the website at buysarlo.com if you want to get those before they're gone. Sips of Sanity is another podcast series that Kelly and I have. They are 10-minute shows. They run at the beginning of every single month from Monday to Friday. So we give you five 10-minute shows. We pick a theme. It can be emotional intelligence tools. It can be intuitive intelligence tools so that you have somewhere to go here on this wonderful little planet Earth to get your toolkit to make your life a better one. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available for purchase. You can do that by contacting us directly. Our information is on the website. You can also request a session through the website, bysarlo.com. Okay, so we're into today's show. And it's a follow-up-ish, I guess is the better way to put it, from episode 143. We began talking about a family where two parents stepped up for their kids and mm-hmm. it was really, really inspiring. And since then, correct me if I'm wrong, Karen, the family's given us permission for identity. Mm-hmm. And they've also given us permission to share all of their stories and how the sessions, the personal sessions, are helping their family, school system, and healthcare. Mm-hmm. Which is just phenomenal. Her name is Carrie. Her husband's name is Kevin. So we won't give the last name, but this is a couple, not in our current little city here of North Bay, Ontario. This woman has come in person to do a session, but since then has continued to do sessions by telephone long distance when she can. When something is coming up in her home or in school life for the kids or in their personal lives where they feel they've hit a brick wall of sorts, not understanding something, And quite often, Kelly, they've already sought therapy or they've already sought medical help in some way or through the school system. And there seems to be a little bit of a roadblock in all of those avenues. So she calls to find out directly from her children's souls, Owen and Ethan, two boys, one autistic, nonverbal, and one with learning disabilities. So Ethan, I believe, is a, a teenager around 15 with learning challenges and Owen is younger I believe he's around nine ten years old with autism nonverbal so Carrie and her husband Kevin will discuss things and then Carrie will make the phone call I don't want to say for sure Kelly but I think that she writes notes maybe that's something when she listens to these podcasts she's going to be able to correct because this is exactly what we want to do we want to be able to say to our listeners that we are super responsible in wanting to be accountable about the details of what's in the podcast. So Carrie listens to the podcast shows and makes sure that I'm spot on about things. When I'm wrong, you listeners are going to hear me say I'm wrong. Which I want to point out the the magnitude of importance because this is a mother in this particular situation who is giving permission for identity on behalf of her children yeah who is given permission for identity on behalf of Mm nonverbal so they don't they don't have a direct say as far as she's been concerned before she started consulting you and she is accountable for their health Mm -hmm. and for their safety 
And I think what she's doing in her own integrity as a mother and treating her children like young adults Mm -hmm. is is worth mentioning and saying what value there is to it. Mm -hmm. And that she sits down with her husband and it, it says to him, this can help other parents in the same situation as us with children with disabilities or children or another person that you love and care for who is nonverbal. So they have come forward to say, how can we help Karen so that she can get these stories out so that when people listen to these stories and hear them, they might be able to say, how can this affect my family? Everything that they're doing Mm -hmm. is in consideration Mm -hmm. of the people they love and people who may be in similar situations. Mm -hmm. Very much. And I'm saying that I want to be part of that process of the same integrity that Carrie and Kevin have. Healthy check-ins. Absolutely. So she gets to hear the shows and she gets to have her feedback so that people in the listening audience can hear her side of this too. So I want to go back a little bit to one of the sessions, Kelly. So when when she called originally, or pardon me, when she was here originally, we were discussing Owen. So most of these sessions are all about Owen, not Ethan. And again, Owen is the autistic nine-year-old son, nonverbal. So she was experiencing some challenges with him at home, I think at school as well. Um, and what came through in the session was that he was punching. He was he was frustrated and they didn't really know why. It was one of her questions, what was going on with Owen. Punching what? People. Okay. And... Well, it's important just because it gets categorized as a problem based on what he's punching, where the aggression's actually coming out. Absolutely, because we've also, you and I know that we've also had other children where they're self-harming. And parents will call and say they're self-harming. What do I do? What is going on? Because uh, we can't seem to communicate to figure out what is instigating this. So one of the things that was instigating the reactions that were coming out in him was food intolerances to wheat and that his digestive system was bothering him terribly and he didn't know how to communicate it so could you imagine putting a poison in your body every day and feeling sick or cramping constipated or whatever it is and trying to go to school or go to work or whatever it is in our lives and feel that pain and discomfort but we don't know how to verbalize it. Even if we go to a doctor or emerge, we can't say anything. And they're trying to figure it out. They might know that he's got gas. They might hear that, but not understand that it's to a severe degree. His spirit asked me to tell his mom to go to the Martin Clinic in Sudbury. That specific. I want to see Dr. Martin was what his spirit said. So I gave that message direct to Carrie. He wants to go to this clinic. He wants this testing done. His spirit knows that. And some people might sit back and say, how does a nine-year-old spirit know it? Well, because the spirit isn't nine years old. Or trapped in a body. That's right. We have to still separate to some degree in order to understand how to use these gifts and use them to a benefit that you can't stay stuck in these mindsets that a nine-year-old couldn't know what he needs 
His spirit can know what he needs. And that's why Carrie calls. Because she's saying, I want to know what his spirit knows for his nine-year-old body. Carrie brought up at this time, too, that she was really glad that in the first session she had been told to read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, and that her and her spouse needed to come outside of their mindsets in how they see their sons. (laughs) How many people can sit at home and think, that's great advice right there? No matter what's going on in your family or what's going on in your life, to be able to sit back and question what some of your mindsets are. She took that and she got the book. Can I pause? Yeah. Because I want to point out too, for parents who might be listening to this, who are thinking, interesting story, my child's high functioning and are maybe disengaging from this or think my child's normal, whatever that means, high, like very successful this can still be applicable mm-hmm. because depending on how you're defining success, defining active, defining healthy, it's still a good tool for self-evaluation. And if you come out the other end going, okay, good check-in, everything's fine, mm-hmm. that's still great. Mm-hmm. But it's the actual act of going through that process to make sure things are still okay. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's careful consideration at many different stages in life for mm-hmm. your child, for yourself, and how the two of you interact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good foundation. Eh? So she ordered the tests right away. She called the clinic and asked them exactly what they needed to do. And you can have the tests mailed to you. Do them at home and then send them back into the clinic. So she did that. She called, she booked the appointment, and she asked them to send the test to the house. And what occurs when you get the test at the house is that you have to do a urine sample for the first urine of the day. So they knew that they were going to have to get up and get a urine sample from Owen first thing in the morning. And Owen, at nine years of age, is in a diaper and has been in a diaper for nine years. He's never not been in one. And during the night at some time is when he has a bowel movement. So they knew that they were going to get up in the morning. And if he had his diaper on all night, that it would be full of urine and a bowel movement because that's Owen's routine for his body. So they had to sit down and she says, I'm so glad Kevin and I sat down and said, okay, mindset. We know this is what occurs, but we have to change our mindset. We have to figure different things out, come up with different solutions. How can we possibly break his pattern of nine years in one night? So they put their thinking caps on and came up with the idea that they were going to get up before him, that they were not going to put a diaper on him at bedtime, and that they knew that they might have the chance that they would get up in the morning and that he would have had two accidents in his bed. And they decided as a couple they would take that risk and that neither one of them was going to be upset, that they were just going to get up in the morning and deal with whatever was going on calmly and that it was not going to be something where they were going to upset Owen about this. So they decided that night they hid the diapers because his routine would be to go get his diaper and put his diaper on to go to bed. So they had to hide them. And they had to tell him that there were no diapers and that he just had to go to bed. 
So somehow they had to get Owen breaking that routine right there and get him into bed and to try and somehow soothe him so that he could go to sleep. And trust. And trust that when they get up in the morning, what was going to be was going to be. So they did that. They both went to bed. They set their alarm earlier so that before he could get up, they were going to be up and ready to go. I can't. I, I don't think, Kelly, I'm going to get every single detail right in this regard, but my memory says something to the effect that I think one of them helped him go to the bathroom and one of them was already with the lights on and in the washroom, so he had somewhere to go, I think. He makes it to the washroom the following morning with both of his parents helping him and he manages to give them a urine sample in the cup. He also has not had a bowel movement. When? So when he starts to have a bowel movement, guess what happens? He's on the toilet. He went on the toilet. Oh my God. Like pause, cheer, celebrate, do a happy <laughs> yes. dance for the, yeah. the couple and the kids. Swish the coffee down this morning and celebrate, right? So he sits on the toilet with the help of his parents and he actually has his first bowel movement in his life on the toilet. Mindset. Yeah. So they just had to take away the comfort of the safety blanket and say, this is what we do now. And they didn't even really know till this point that this was something that could be done. Because what Carrie had said to me that day on the phone was that she had just recently before the situation had come to the conclusion in talking to Kevin that she had accepted the fact that most likely Owen would be in a diaper for the rest of his life and that he most likely would require that she help him or his dad help him, most likely for the rest of his life. They ha She had come to decide that was going to be okay with her, but she said that she was feeling a little bit of sadness about that for him. And I guess to some degree for yourself, because it's something that you want to see that your child can do is to be self-sufficient, right? And that she, in some ways there was a little bit of grieving around it. So when this well, occurred, it was huge. And grieving for her too, because mm -hmm. it's the weight of a responsibility. And I don't need to hear from people who are going to say, my child's never a responsibility. Yes, they are. Yeah. And it's okay that you feel a weight that you are still overly responsible for how they function and that they're okay. Yeah, I, I think that's really important because you can shame yourself Mm -hmm. And instead of feeling the grief or the sadness that someone can't just go through a process of that that's just healthy or normal. And I know some people go right into their defensiveness of no, I love them. And, and I, that's not how I see it. But those two things are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. You can love someone and still be responsible for them. Yeah, totally. So Owen now is diaper free. At this point in talking to Carrie, she has verified that Owen has not gone back to the diaper. What? If you don't have a tear right now, you don't have a heart. <laughs> yeah. He's now using toilet facilities. Can you imagine the difference for him in going to school? Oh my God, the physical sensation of not having friction against your skin mm -hmm. or rashes or moisture or heat. I think about not having to wear a diaper through the night where he can just be comfortable. How your clothes fit differently. Mm -hmm. How you might even now be able to go and have a sleepover at a friend's house mm -hmm. versus 
that you'd have to go as so long as the parent of your friend can change your diaper or give you one or clean you in the morning or stay at an aunt's house or grandparents houses. There's just, there are just so many, so many things that go with that. And that's why I thought it was really important to say that about it's not just about a parent feeling shame or sadness or grieving. It's about the freedoms that come with something that is that big of a deal. Yeah, for everyone involved. Yes, absolutely. Because it gives more choices and more quality of life. So Owen, to my knowledge, and of course, Carrie's going to keep checking in with us here. So to my knowledge, so far, he is still enjoying these freedoms. So this whole thing with just the idea that the guides had said he had leaky gut in the first session. They said that he had a food allergy to wheat. They said these things. Call the Martin Clinic. Get these things verified through this doctor and through the tests that he provides. And how Carrie was, I'm on that and I'm going to do that for Owen. They went to gluten-free. And I remember in the session saying to her that Owen's spirit wanted it to be gradual. So don't go from 100% gluten to zero. Yeah, like walk me through it, ease me in. Did he also not say he wanted it to be a family thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it can be 5% over the next couple of months. So maybe you just learn how to have gluten-free soy sauce. Or maybe you just learn how to have gluten-free pastas that are yummy and delicious, like a quinoa pasta or something. And you just gently use up what you've got in the house. But the new stuff that you buy is the gluten-free product. So he wanted his family to move in that direction with him. And it may never be that they get to 100%. It could be that with his leaky gut, he would be okay to get to 60% for the rest of his life and stay there. It didn't have to be a 100%. Carrie was telling me too, that when she was here for the first session, which was back in show 143, that I kept saying I had to poo. This is not new. People are like, oh, here we go again with Karen's pooing. Yeah, that I kept saying in the session that I had this pressure, but that I couldn't figure out if I could actually go to the bathroom or not. So I was trying to explain to her during the session that I had the sensation, but I couldn't make up my mind. And she said when she got out of my house, she got into her car she looked at her cell phone and she said that Owen's grandmother had texted her while she was in the session with me that Owen showed up with a box of suppositories and handed them to her. <laughs> and the grandmother texted her and said, what am I supposed to do with this? Fair. <laughs> so she said, I wanted to tell you that. Because it made me laugh so hard in the car that you had had all these sensations of you wanted to go to the washroom for a bowel movement, but couldn't figure out what you were doing and if you could go or not. And we were channeling Owen. So she said, Karen, I just thought it was such a funny story, but also one that was just so validating. Oh, yeah. Considering the timing. During our conversation, Kelly... Carrie was telling me that she thinks about the sessions a lot 
And that quite often when she thinks of a session, when she books a full hour, she will call and say, I would like a one hour session. I just want you to channel Owen for the hour and tell me everything that he's thinking, everything that he's getting, or that you're getting about him, what he's working on, how I can support him. His dad wants to know how he can support him. And so does his brother, Ethan. So what can we do? What can the school do? What can the doctors know? I want to know everything that I can tell everybody so that they're all on the same page to help my son. I love it. Yeah, and she said that she had found at times that when she went to, say, a doctor's appointment, that it would be frustrating because you would have time, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, and you're trying to explain to a doctor everything about your son's life that's no, who's nonverbal who's autistic, you're trying to explain their patterns or their behaviors, what's normal or what isn't normal. And she said that when she came for the sessions, the two sessions, she found that she didn't have to take the time to explain anything. That by just listening to what I was saying, that she knew by what was being said about Owen, that I already knew those things. So she found that her level of anxiety and frustration disappeared. Yeah, because they don't have to organize their thoughts. That's mm -hmm. our job. Mm -hmm. They can sit in their anxiety if that's what they come with mm -hmm. in their own thoughts in their own worries, and not have to organize them and then figure out how to articulate them because those are two separate things. Mm -hmm. For us to be able to sit back and in this case, just hear the intention. Everything starts falling into a linear, a linear way of delivering it. And then as I've experienced, and I'm sure you'll agree, toward the end of the session, that linear thing that we just did wraps itself around itself and all comes back to kind of be tied up in a nice bow. Yeah. Isn't it cool, Kel, for you and I with these gifts to have no idea where we're going or what we're doing? Totally. And to be able to not stress that you haven't got a clue, but that the whole only thing that you need is trust. Mm -hmm. I often have no idea why the first message is the first message, mm -hmm. why we start where we do. And then about 40-ish minutes in, I have a moment of, oh, there we go. That goes back to message number one about this. Here was the whole point. That's, as you're just saying, that's when my happy dance moment hits. Yeah, but if you're someone who who wants a very different kind of control than what Carrie's looking at... Mm -hmm. We don't often have the opportunity to wrap all those things together because people are rapid firing, asking us to go in different directions unrelated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got two more points for the show. One is that Carrie said that the day that Owen went to the bathroom in the potty or toilet, that when he came home from school that day, she said there was a completely different energy about him. Calm, peaceful. She said that since then, he has not been punching and reaching out and hurting anybody. She said that he had a look in his eye. And what she felt that look was, that it said to her, thank you. Yeah, I'm no longer humiliated. Mm -hmm. And not that that was ever the intention or that it was his fault. Mm -hmm. But he can walk in and just be a nine-year-old. Mm -hmm. She said he just had a look that made her feel full of love. Hmm. And she said, I just, 
It's in my head, Karen, that this is what he was saying to me. But she truly believes that it was a gratitude that he had reached out to me and that Carrie had reached out to me so that Owen and Carrie could communicate and that he was thanking her for that. Yeah. If someone handed me a phone and said, your mom's on the other end of it, I'd hug them. Like, oh, thank you. Like, that would just be the greatest gift. Yeah. Especially if you can't communicate directly with your mom and they're saying they can. Yeah. You know, like, and the last point was quite simply that she asked the question if I believed that Owen knows that, that we are communicating. And I said, yes. That on, And she wanted to know if on some level his nine-year-old human knows it. And I said, I do believe that that's exactly what you were explaining the look. when you said he gave you the look of gratitude. Mm-hmm. I said, I think you already got your answer and that you're just asking it again because you need that affirmation. So is that the end of your two points? Mm-hmm. So then, okay, well, my question to you would be is about your affirmations. He went to the Martin Clinic or he delivered, oh, they had yeah. their test delivered? That's right. And he does have leaky gut. He does have the wheat issue. They are moving forward. He is working with Dr. Martin, with Owen. Um, she has gone back, I believe, to the physician, the medical doctor, to make sure that everybody's on the same page. This is a mom who wants to include everybody. Make a team. Yeah. She's looking, yeah, she's looking for that team for her son. And no matter who it is or what they do, so long as it's in his best interest and it's working, she's willing to say then, then yes, no matter what other people think, then yes. So she did mention that she would continue to book the sessions every six months so that Owen would have a voice. And so we are going to keep hearing how he's doing and Ethan and Kevin and Carrie. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I hope people are, are looking forward to hearing all of their stories. Yeah, and timely too, because last week was a little bit of a doozy. So this this is an uplifting Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, and I want to say thank you to Carrie and Kevin and Heck Ethan yeah. and Owen. Because if it means that other teachers, other therapists, you know, Kelly, you and I have had physiotherapists sit in this house and call us. We've had doctors call, psychiatrists, therapists, school teachers. We've had all kinds of professionals come in, grandparents, and ask, how can I contribute? What can I do? I love that you just lumped grandparents in with all the professionals. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All part of the team. Excellent. Well, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. Otherwise, have a beautiful Saturday.